With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Thursday, October 24th, 2019. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Dr. Mike O'Neill is the best dentist that there is. You've got terrible breath. Call Dr. Mike O'Neill. He'll fix that. That's what he does. 317-849-2933. He fixes teeth, too. Uh, the Pacers are going to have to fix their defense. Last night, they, won- they lost their season opener, 119-110. Offensively, they were pretty good. Almost had three guys with double-doubles. Domas Sabonis, 27-13. You had Malcolm Brogdon with, uh, with 20-some points and 11 assists. You had Miles Turner with a bunch of points and nine rebounds. So you had, a, you had almost three double-double guys. The problem wasn't offensive, although the bench was outscored 57-16. to 16. That is not good. But let's talk about what was really not good. And it took me a while to figure it out. I mean, when you looked at the box score last night after the game, you saw Edmund Sumner with a minus 23 in the plus minus. Okay, nobody on the Pacers was worse than minus eight. And the Pacers lost by nine. So what in the hell did Sumner do to cause the minus 23? Or was it just bad luck, as plus minus often is? Well, if you went back and looked at the tape and you saw Luke Kennard last night go for 30, a career-high 30, he hit six of nine threes, you found the reason that Edmund Sumner was a minus 23 because a lot of the open threes that Luke Kennard got, the first couple couple of made shots at least, were against Doug McDermott. Then they pulled McDermott, they put Sumner on Kennard. Kennard's very clever, finding open space, coming off screens, and Sumner was slow to react. Other guys would have to come and help periodically. But in the meantime, Kennard is getting off clean looks left and right. So he winds up with 30 from a guy who was on the bench. We talked about the bench scoring and the, the point differential from the Pistons bench to the Pacers bench. A whole hell of a lot of that was Luke Kennard. You saw Derrick Rose last night. I, I didn't know where Derrick Rose was. He's coming off the bench for the Pistons. Derrick Rose had 18 points and nine assists. 
A lot of those assists went to Kennard, who he absolutely loves, and rightly so, because Kennard is good at getting open, at least against bad defenders, and good at knocking down open shots. That happened a whole bunch last night. Edmund Sumner has got to figure out how to play good defense. Right now, it looks like the Pacers have kind of an ill-fitting roster, and we're making like these we're making these conclusions like they played 20 games, and we have any idea really what we're talking about. What we have is one 48-minute kind of isolated experience that we're drawing all these conclusions from. So let's be straight up about that. We're going to watch on Saturday night as they take on the Cavaliers, and we're going to see whether this behavior is repeated. If we see this behavior for the next 20 games, we're going to know that this is a flawed team and the experiment that Kevin Pritchard has kind of tried to wage on the NBA is not going to be a valid one. It's not going to be proven to be his hypothesis will be proven false. And I hope that it isn't because I think it's a ballsy experiment in trying to build with character and build a culture at the NBA level when virtually half your roster and half of every roster is going to turn over from year to year. So here are the Pacers with Jeremy Lamb starting at the two. Jeremy Lamb offensively looked terrible last night. He started one for seven and on, on the defensive end. He's never terribly good, but last night just flat out looked lost. And when you've got a lost two, then you've got a one who's not going to be able to do much good on the defensive side. And Malcolm Brogdon had a tough night last night, especially when Derrick Rose was on the floor. Miles Turner had a really, really tough night last night as he tried to keep Andre Drummond from scoring any time he wanted to, and that didn't work. Drummond had 32 points, 23 rebounds. So we'll we'll be patient with this, but as we looked last night, Edmund Sumner, I think this is his third year, he hadn't figured out how to play good defensive basketball yet. That's a big problem. Jeremy Lamb does not look comfortable on the offensive end And he's never been comfortable on the defensive end. T.J. Warren got a hip contusion last night. Miles Turner, three blocks, yeah. But his counter, Andre Drummond, had 32 points and seven offensive rebounds. That isn't good. I don't think the Pistons win if not for those seven rebounds from Andre Drummond. Now, Drummond, he's got something to say about this, too. Like, you can't just lay it at the feet of Miles Turner and Domas Sabonis and say these guys got to play better. They do have to play better, but they're playing against one of the worst matchups in the NBA for Miles Turner. So there's that to consider as well. As Pacers fans and the Pacers wait for the return of Victor Oladipo, you look at this team and you say, wow, you know what? Here's what's going to happen, and we need it to happen sooner rather than later. Oladipo comes back and starts at the two. That pushes Lamb to the backup spot at the two. And you feel pretty good about Jeremy Lamb as a backup two in the NBA, both offensively and defensively. He matches up okay against backup twos. Victor Oladipo is going to be a better defender. That's going to make Malcolm Brogdon a better defender. TJ Warren is going to be a better defender. Who knows about Sabonis? And then you've got Miles, who's going to clean up the trash as the other guys take chances They get to the rim, and Miles swats it away. That's the way the starting lineup has to work on the defensive end. With Lamb moving to the twos, you got Edmund Sumner sitting deep on the bench, and that's where he belongs if he can't defend any better than he did last night. So there's the Indiana Pacers in a nutshell. 
and and that's from 48 minutes. But it took me a while to figure it out. What rewatching the game and thinking, okay, what was the matter with Sumner? So I I watched number five, cavort about the court, and what do we see? Really, really historically bad defense from Edmund Sumner last night. The Indianapolis Colts, they're going to take on the Broncos this weekend at Lucas Oil Stadium. They're going to wear the all-blues. I don't like the all-blues. I think that the Colts, and I'll extend this to all of the NFL franchises who wear two-tone jerseys, two-colored jerseys. There aren't many of them. you got kind of the Raiders, and you've got the Colts, and who else, really? Almost nobody else. Everybody else has got kind of a third color. Not the Colts. They're blue and they're white. I like the, tra- the traditional Colts jerseys. I've got a friend named Ross Riddle. And we, we were talking, this was like the late 90s. And we're having a conversation about jerseys. And Ross brought up which jersey he would want to wear if you had to wear jerseys to work. If jerseys were like your business outfit, which of those jerseys in the NFL look best? And the one that he landed on was the Colts. He loved the way the Colts jerseys look. I do too. I like the whites and I like the blues. I like the traditional for these for for teams like that. I like the Raiders being what the Raiders are and I like the Colts being what the Colts are and I don't need odd permutations. I don't need remember when I I think it was the Rams when they were in St. Louis, they played the Cardinals, I think. And uh, the Cardinals were in all red and the Rams were in all yellow, and it looked like mustard bottles playing ketchup bottles. I don't like that. I don't like the all-blue stuff. I like it to be be traditional. I mean, what the hell do they call them uniforms for? Uni, one, right? Form. Uni, form. One. That's it. That's all. At home, you can wear the blues if you want. On the road, you can wear the whites. But I don't like this all-blue stuff. And uh, I really don't like it. And, and the players tend to absolutely like it because it's a little bit different. Fans, I don't know what the fans think. But I, I think the Colts look like the classiest team in the NFL with their jerseys and their pant combinations. And going all blue, I just don't care for it very much. The Cubs, they are going to announce. I don't know if it's happened already. I keep monitoring. I don't see anything anything scheduled for the Cubs in, in their announcement of David Ross being the uh, the new guy for the Cubs, the new manager. Um, but we'll keep an eye on that. David Ross, of course, kind of a protege in, in a sense. Uh, and the Cubs did name David Ross the 55th manager in franchise history. Um, he is the 55th, but there have been 60, if that makes any sense. Three-year contract through the 2022 season, club option for 2023. So David Ross and Joe Madden, kind of a mentor of his, but he played for other guys, played for a lot of other guys, good guys who understand what's going on, and he's learned from all of them. To think that he's going to come in and be a Madden clone is just not accurate. That's not who David Ross is. Here's why I think it's a good hire. Because when you've built a successful culture, you stay within that culture to make future hires. That's what you do. If you've got a corrupt culture, a garbage culture, if last year the Cubs had won 66 games instead of winning in the 80s, and instead of putting together the best five-year run of regular season winning 
in the franchise's history going back 60 it's uh 80 years back to 35 through 39 they won uh at a higher clip that was the last time that a cubs team has won at a higher clip over the course of five consecutive seasons you know what this is successful and and like i said if you're not successful you don't mind corrupting your culture and and kind of taking the haircut that comes from doing that you don't mind doing that but the cubs the cubs have been really successful so you stay inside the family it makes nothing but sense thinking that they should have gone outside and gone and gotten the bench coach for the astros you know what, that guy might wind up being a terrific manager, but you don't need outside voices. You don't need somebody to come in and shake it up. The Cubs have been really good the last five years. So you've got Ross coming in. He's got relationships with the players, not necessarily friendships, but relationships. And now it's up to him to hold these guys accountable for sloppy play. And that's what happened. Play became sloppy under Joe Madden. So they need a guy who can go a little bit red-ass and in demand accountability from these guys to play baseball the right way. In 2019, when was the last time you saw fundamental baseball being played at this low level? The Cubs were flat-out sloppy. They were sloppy in the field. They were sloppy on the bases. They were sloppy in the execution of their game plan. And that can't be the case if you're going to win a World Series because we've seen the difference between teams that win a series and don't win a series is microscopic. It's a matter of making one play. You saw it last night with Houston and uh, the Nationals, right? The Nationals put together a six-run top of the seventh. Why? Because the third baseman booted a ground ball that should have resulted in the third out. It was a tough play, but if you make that play, it's three to two going into the bottom of the seventh rather than eight to two. This is the way one play falling a little bit squirrely is going to cost you games, as that did last night. The Cubs this past year, fundamentally sloppy. Joe Madden, not a disciplinarian, not a guy who's going to stick his foot up somebody's ass for making a mistake. David Ross is going to do that. When David Ross was a peer to these players, he did that. He's a guy in the clubhouse who held his teammates accountable. That's who David Ross is, and he's going to demand accountability from this team as he puts them on the field for 2020, and I think it's a really good thing. People are underwhelmed in the city of Chicago. You know what? That's just fine, because how often are they right? You know what I mean? Oh, Mark Trestman. Mark Trestman's going to be the Jay Cutler whisperer. This is amazing. This is going to be fantastic. Mark Trestman. Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy's fantastic. We got so lucky hiring Matt Nagy. And boy, oh boy, the, this trade-up for Mitch Trubisky, colossal. We're a, we're a Super Bowl team. That's where we're headed. We got a kicker now. We're going to the Super Bowl. Chuck Pagano is a defensive coordinator. Let's go. Well, Chuck Pagano has proven himself to be the second coming of Vince Tobin. Mitch Trubisky, his fundamentals, his physicality, his footwork, his arm slot, all of that stuff completely out the window. Matt Nagy is up in front of the media saying what? He's saying, I know we need to run the ball more. What am I, an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Well, you ran the ball seven times, you idiot. You are what you are, and you ran the ball seven times. If you know you need to run it more, you should have run it more. I mean, that's the definition of idiocy to me. With the Cubs, 
everybody had every three years wants to fire the manager of the Cubs, whether it was Mike Quaddy, whether it was Ricky Renteria, whether it was even Lou Pinella. Over and over again, you know, a, a treble, horn, uh, a treble horn, you've got Riggleman, you've got Dusty, you've got Baylor, you've got Jim Essie, and you've got Zim. you got all these guys, Jim Lefevre, you can go back forever, Jim Marshall, Whitey Lockman, for God's sake. Do you know what? What is the, who is the, in recent years, and by recent I mean over the best, over the last 20 years, the best franchise in the National League Central. It is without a doubt the St. Louis Cardinals. What did the St. Louis Cardinals do when uh, Tony La Russa retired after the 2007 World Series, World Series Championship? They hired Mike Matheny. Mike Matheny, a guy who had never managed, was a former catcher with the Cardinals, uh, a successful guy, a winning guy who held teammates accountable. And what did Matheny do? He didn't win a World Series, but over his first four years, the Cardinals went to the World Series once. They went to the NLCS three times. They went to the playoffs all four times. They stayed within their culture, the Cardinal way. Cubs fans get nauseated about hearing the Cardinal way, but it's a thing. And the Cubs are doing the same thing. You've, you've got to retain some measure of continuity and leadership. And if you don't, you are going to fail. And that's the way it is. You don't need to replate every time you change managers. You don't need to do that. They don't need to fire Theo Epstein. Theo's doing a good job. Theo's spending money. He's trying to get things right. He's trying to figure it out. Take a deep breath. Understand that there are, there are fits and spurts in the building of a team. And we've seen it with the Red Sox, right? The Red Sox spend a lot of money. The Yankees spend a lot of money. This is the first decade, the tens, that the Yankees haven't won a World Series, I think, going back to World War I. So there are, it's hard to win a World Series. It's hard to go to the playoffs. It's hard to have your pitching be healthy enough to carry you there. It's hard to have your bullpen be healthy enough to carry you there. And it's hard enough to hit the little baseball when it's spinning and moving hard enough to carry you there. The Cubs, they failed once. That doesn't mean that the culture is broken and that you need to replate. David Ross, exactly the right guy. Tomorrow morning, breakfast with Kent. I cannot wait. 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, about 8.15 on Periscope Live. It's a show so nice we do it twice. Brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry. Join me, won't you? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.